Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello there, you're very welcome along to the Guinness Storehouse. We're here for the launch of the Six Nations 2024. And who better to talk to than the Irish head coach, Mr. Andy Farrell. You're very welcome, good to talk to you. Thanks very much, nice to be here. I know you've been doing lots of interviews <laughs> yeah. all day. Uh, can I start, what better way to start than uh, reading a quote of yours to yourself? So I was watching- This makes me nervous. That's <laughs> no, okay. Your Lions press conference, and congratulations. Oh. And somebody asked, would we in the documentary be seen some of the speeches from Andy Farrell that we had seen oh, way yeah. back when. Yeah, 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 and you yeah. said, probably won't be as dramatic. I've grown up a bit since then. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit embarrassing. Um, I suppose uh, 2013, I was a young enough coach and uh, you're still, even though you, you, you think you're in the right place, obviously you've been selected to be on a Lions tour, etc. that you're always trying to um, Gain respect, try and impress, etc. And uh, there's a little bit more that goes into your thought process rather than just being comfortable in your own skin. So, so, I mean, one of the main things as a coach that you don't get to practice whilst you're a player, even if you are a captain or whatever, is standing up in front of a group, 70 people, presenting. This is the way. Um, can you can you follow that, etc. You know, so that come naturally to you? Um, not really. I mean, I mean, I've never been afraid of of doing that because my office as a, as a captain was always either in the changing room or in a meeting or whatever, but not something that I'd prepared or you know had a a, a schedule in front of my face for. It was it was just reactive stuff, um, saying it from the heart and and the general feeling there. So. Uh, obviously on the pitch is, is when you get over that line you get used to and comfortable with being able to narrate yourself through all that but yeah. when when you are uh, a front and centre and trying to set the tone for, for what that week looks like, what the game plan looks like etc I would say I worked so hard at it early that it was a little bit staged like you know okay. not, not as natural and not as um, not as flowing as it should be because in my opinion over over the years now um, leadership in my opinion has to be authentic you know and that's uh, otherwise it feels uncomfortable certainly looking back my point about that meeting was me looking back I don't think I was being my true self yes we're so gonna, therefore it's uncomfortable we're going to take those boys to the hurt arena I think one of the well, that's what I mean it's a bit uh, yeah Hollywood but it's interesting you were asked in the same press conference about your management style and you paused and you said, it is what it is. And yeah. that line you've mentioned there, just be myself. Yeah. So that seems to be, if we're trying to get a sense of how you approach it, just being myself, nothing stage, yeah. authenticity all the way. Yeah, and, and, and having a feel, because, because at the end of the day, 
Uh, it's, it's, it's making sure that you do things together and galvanise people so that they all feel comfortable that we're all pushing in the same direction together um, and having a feel for, for what's going on in the room at any particular time is pretty important to get people to mm. feel like it's their team to contribute, etc. If you're just force feeding uh, and, and, and um, the days are too long, the meetings are too long, um, you know they've had to turn up to the opening of an envelope. You're not going to get the best, the best out of, out of the group. So um, being able to uh, be yourself and have a feel for that, because at the end of the day, you know we're not we're not teaching rocket scientists. We're we're teaching rugby players, so it doesn't have to be picture perfect. Yes. And, and, and nor should it. You know, otherwise it's a bit uncomfortable. When you say just be myself, not to get too uh, philosophical, but who is Andy Farrell? What is yourself? What would people say about you as head coach? What would I like them to say? <laughs> what do what, what what do they really think? I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's a question for them. But I, I hope that they 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 feel that uh, I care about them not just as a player to improve them as a player, but as a person as well. I think that's pretty important for for not just the players, but for the staff alike. You know, because because then they're giving the best of themselves if, if they if they feel that way. I hope they think that I'm honest enough that they can trust me in, in a way that that's the only agenda to help them, you know? And, and that's not patting people on the back all the time, that's telling the truth because they know at the heart of it that um, I care about improving them and, and, therefore, and therefore the team. It's interesting when we talk about coaches, it's often said in all sports, not just rugby, great players don't necessarily make great coaches. I think you may be exception to that rule. I wasn't certainly. a great rugby, rugby union player. Well, well, great, great athlete. But, I mean, there'd be yeah. huge respect for what you did yeah. as a player in league yeah. in the room. But it does seem that actually that's given you an empathy because I've talked to a few of the players, and they feel that you really understand like how nerve-wracking it all is and how stressful it all is. And yeah. so things like at Carton House, we won't have the meetings there. That's your refuge. Yeah. Or of course, we want your families involved. We want this to be yeah. a nice environment. I think that comes from somebody who's been there, been nervous, been yeah, in big and, games. And you know what? You, you, you can lose that uh, the longer you, you, you're out, outside of playing. I mean, uh, 2007, 2008 is, is, is the uh, um, last time internationally and then uh, a year or two after that. So I've been, I've been retired a, a long time now. And, and the more that you go into the other profession, which is coaching, uh, you, can, you can lose sight of what it really did mean you know a, a big part of my job certainly as a head coach is understanding what the players constantly have to turn up for um, if you have to get up out of bed at a certain time and then you've got physio you've got a bit of prehab you've got you've got um you've got to go and see the dietitian you've got to go and see um uh, the the sports psych etc the, there's a lot of things that have to happen in a day and sometimes as an assistant coach you can get wrapped up in um, well, I only had half an hour with them. You know, it's, it's not about you. My job is to make sure is the the dynamics of what the the, the player is going through on a, on a daily basis is the therefore it it helps production of, of learning and and growing as a team. Mm. One of the interesting things you did across your time was around the time of the shoulder to shoulder documentary, you addressed that north south under one flag dynamic. Mm. It struck me as very interesting that it was an Englishman who decided to have that conversation in such an open way. Uh, did that strike you as a conversation that needed to happen? 
It did. <laughs> it did because uh, I, I obviously ask a lot of questions to try and understand it all, really, because I, I think I know the history. Yeah. Um, but actually, uh, talking to the people on the ground who's living it daily and whose families have been um, uh, been through it all, I, I needed to understand it properly, and um, I just thought getting it out there and getting the lads to understand what it is that the country's been through and what the what the, what the what the sport has played such an important part in in all of that you know mm. it's it's stood steadfast throughout like you know you, you look at the dynamics of uh when when everything's been going on uh, good or bad rugby's always stood firm people have always been coming down from the north and mm. and and uh and people have always been going up from from dublin still playing still still playing in, in the north or, or, or those type of stories to me are unbelievably powerful and and when you look at that and and what the the jersey stood through throughout all that um i think it's unbelievably powerful i think it's uh, i think it makes it so powerful that it has to be it has to stand up against any type of jersey in world sport never mm -hmm. never mind rugby so i thought that that had to come out within the group from the group as well you know to find out the 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 story behind the story um as a whole mm. another thing that really jumps out about your coaching i think i mean disagree if it's not true i'm sure you do plan for the long term but i would say more than most coaches you know you're a 38 year old captain 34 year old captain now you don't hand out caps too easily you're very much a we're going to win the match tomorrow and a year's time can take care of itself is my sense. Whereas I feel, you know, Eddie Jones, other coaches would often in their press conferences speak, you oh, know, we're planning, when you see in 18 months time, this is going mm. to beautifully come to fruition. I don't feel you buy into that as much. I think you're a let's take care of the game today type. Fair? I, I think about it all and uh, it isn't just in, in rugby where uh, I analyse all that. I, I look at all sorts of sports and you know, people talk about cycles, etc. But sometimes you can damage teams as well through cutting people's legs off and starting holistically all over again. You know, um, players have worked unbelievably hard to deserve uh, um, to be able to put the, the Irish jersey on. Mm. Just to say we're starting again is, is pretty harsh in my opinion. And uh, I believe if you, um, if you deal with the here and now, uh, that the medium term becomes a, a part of that. If you're concentrating on the here and now and the, and the medium term, then the longer term part becomes clear and obvious as you, as you go, you know? Mm. I think uh, having an agenda just to go, well, this is what everyone else has always done, just cut the legs of it and start again. Mm. I think um, we've got to be better than that. I mean, you look at this squad that's that's been picked now, uh, there's a, there's a lot of caps that's been handed out over the last couple of years and some of them have not been involved for for the last 12 months or the last eight, uh, 18 months or whatever there's quite a few players there under on, on under 10 caps or under 15 caps 20 caps so so the growth is 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 already um, been put in place there because they've already seen what it's all about we need to grow that even more so now with the exper experienced players that we've got team is a joy to watch the attacking rugby is, very much. is just uh, phenomenal. I mean, you, you couldn't but be proud watching that team play, some of the, the passages they put together. I was talking to um, a player who I won't name, I'm sure he wouldn't, wouldn't thank me for it, but he was saying you have a huge hand in the attack and 
your message, one of many I'm sure, but your message to the players is, I can't tell you what to do then and then in two phases then and then you do that and if you do this that will happen. That's not how this is going to work. That they have to make good decisions in the moment. You'll try and help them, yeah. but like the notion that here's a sheet of paper with the plan, fellas, stick to that, turn off your brains. That is not how attack uh, works. So, so give us your sense of how you've got this team to play such brilliant rugby. Um, well, first and foremost, they've got to want to. Um, uh, and that's why I feel uh, over the last couple of years that the, the, the fans feel part of it because it's our duty to, to, um, to, to show that side of ourselves too because mm. it suits the type of player that we've got even though they might have not known it at the time. We're not the biggest uh, playing nation or, or, or whatever so I think that style fits. Having, um, having a plan A, B and C doesn't cut it neither because there's always D, E and F. Okay. So, the, the, so it's always just about uh, decision making. Now the detail that goes in and around that is vast. It okay. is, and it's constant. Like you know, um, I mean, uh, you know, to, to the to the naked eye, you see shape on on, on TV, etc. But the shapes there to to put people in position so that we can play what's on in front of us, and uh, we do that by all being involved and, and shaping up to be able to complement uh, what the opposition defence is, is is giving us. So. Um, but to, to put yourself into that position, uh, uh, what is it that you're looking at? Is your teammates going to help you do that? What type of speed are you playing at? Uh, how, how controlled are you going to be mm. uh, with your emotions to be able to execute that? It all comes into play, you know, so ultimately uh, rugby is always going to be a collision sport, but sometimes there's a bit of space to be able to go into. We'd rather do that than, than run into a brick wall. Mm. Are you obsessive about the job? Are you at the kitchen table thinking about centre partnerships and then you realise, oh, sorry, someone said something to me. Apologies, I was away again. Or, or, or do you, you just ask my wife. <laughs> 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 I mean, she's actually uh, mentioned it to me um, this week as far as uh, um, me being distant. I'm not distant, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I always, I always uh, think, you know, when... When you uh, when you say such a body, he's he's great at what he does. Like not just not just sport. You you, you actually haven't got a clue with what he's thinking on a daily basis. You know you can guarantee that he's the guy who sat in a traffic jam constantly thinking something completely different of how to get better at something that he, he chooses to do or she chooses to to do. I feel fortunate enough that I feel that way. So therefore it's. It's certainly not work for me, you know. Okay. It's something that I, I, I love doing. The dynamics of a team, of how it comes together, is something that I've been brought up with. Mm. So then you say, apologies, say again. And she says, forget about exactly it. Forget that. About exactly it. that. Forget about it. Exactly that. In terms of team selection, so, I mean, take your second row. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. You and the coaching ticket to decide who starts because any of the four really could, I would think. Yeah. Uh, Brian Clough had that great um, saying about him and his... Um, staff, you know, well, we'll talk about it and then they'll all agree that I was right in the first place. Um, are you dictator in that sense? Do you have your idea of who's going to start and I'm not going to be talked out of it? Or quite often, could somebody in the coaching ticket no, twist your I, I think it, I think if you close, you close like that, then you, you, you don't 
get the right voices in the room anyway. Everyone's got to be able to have a voice and have an opinion. Um, hopefully they understand the type of game that um, that uh, we all agree that we, we want to play and we react accordingly to, to that. But ultimately, uh, if there's a call to make, obviously that, that, that comes down to me. Mm. If somebody's got a better idea than me, then I've got to be open enough to be able to uh, go with that, which I, hopefully I, I am. Okay. Um, so you, you, vice versa, they have to do exactly yeah. the same because ultimately, when it comes down to it, it's it's me that's leading it, so I have to be responsible in that. As far as that's concerned, you're heading the block. So, if, uh, for instance, I mean, if it's if it's you think A and the other three think B, are we going with A? And uh, not not if they can convince me. I mean, okay. one one. I'd say you're a tough man to convince. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that because right. doing it together. Doing it together is unbelievably powerful, you know. If 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 you've got an organisation where people don't care whose idea it was, you, you know, yeah, 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 you're in a good you're in mm. a good spot, you know. Cause there's no egos, and there's certainly no egos within within our group as far as that's concerned. So, hopefully, um, others don't feel that I'm, I'm that way inclined. Yes, um, an aspect which must must be tough, you know. So you you've been in dressing rooms since you were as long as you can remember. I would yeah. think at this stage. Um, but you've talked there about the importance of people. So as coach, for instance, somebody like Joey Carberry, there a long time, starts in Paris that night in the 22 Six yeah. Nations, and you have to do what you feel is right and make the right decision for the team. Things like making those phone calls to Joey. Um, are you at a point in your life where that is unbelievably difficult and you feel awful about it? Or are you more towards the end of the spectrum? Look, I've been in so many dress rooms. It's just business. I'm, I can't lose sleep over that. Um, I think if you can't lose sleep over that, not that I do lose sleep, I, I, I mean, care, yes, for, care for the individual yeah. uh, 100% because I know that it's everyone's dream, like you know. Uh, but ultimately, uh, if I go back to what, what I said originally, that whether they, whether they like it in real time or not, that they have to understand it's me trying to um, help them to get better as a player and sometimes that's not always what they what they want to hear but you can't keep going down uh, conversation after conversation without something happening so the tough conversations have to happen eventually you know um, and to deal with that type of uh, um, uh, conversation you know the only thing that goes through my mind is what's right for the team yeah and what's right for the individual who I'm speaking to as well and um, if you if you adhere to that, then you can't go wrong, really, because that's your responsibility yeah, to do what's right for the team, and uh, you know it, there has to be a little bit of a, a full stop after that. Yes. Okay. World Cup 2023. How do you categorise it? Um, I'm 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 disappointed uh, in 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 not getting through to 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 the next stage and. It's not a semi-final. We're after after we're after winning the thing. You know, it's something that we built up for uh, over over the last few years, and felt we was in a good position to be able to do that. But I'm also a realist that that these type of things happen, and uh, that's just life. And you learn from them and move on. And I look back on on that certainly with with the years to come. Uh, I wouldn't say this week or or in the next six months, you know, because we're we're pretty busy, um, and we'll be proud of. Uh, aspects of um, memories from that World Cup, the connection with the fans, etc., and mm. some of the rugby that we did play. Uh, but we learn from 
we learn from uh, all sorts of uh, games, not just losing, it's, it's, it's the winning part as well, what could we have done better and you know the reality is is that uh, we was 13 points down after after 12 minutes now I thought we showed good fight to, to, to come back because we've seen the All Blacks team teams of old um, just run away with it you know and end up winning with 30 yeah. odd points but I'm sure that crossed your mind we, at the we time. We was in with a chance yeah. you know could have would have should have but at the, at the end of the day yeah. um, we'd been starting pretty well for the last 18 months or so and uh, at that first 20 minutes for all different sorts of reasons it wasn't just one thing mm. uh, wasn't as, as fluent as we, we would have wanted but uh, we'll learn from that as well okay uh, we, uh, can you share any of the reasons as to why you think it wasn't as fluid um, again it wasn't just it wasn't just one thing but it was a combination of things and so and sometimes I think when you become too desperate it becomes a bit of a disease and you need to calm yourself down have a realization of things accumulating that, that shouldn't accumulate whether it be uh, whether it be uh, somebody penalized at the breakdown and then we go to the line out and somebody penalized there somebody then penalized in the in the scrum or somebody's offside or whatever they all marry up and therefore it becomes it becomes uh, the type of pressure that you, you you don't want to throw upon yourself but again after 20 minutes we, we we dealt with that and got back on got back on the horse but it wasn't to be in the end yeah something I'm, I'm very curious for your thoughts on because it's often said in the world of punditry is that uh, th this very fluid to use your word style of rugby that Ireland at their best play when the pressure is really on tournament rugby cup rugby knockout rugby that perhaps just that inevitable slight tightening has more of an effect on that style of rugby than I don't know a quintessential South well, African then we need to get better at that um, I mean, you know, I think we have been good at it in, in the past, you know, uh, being, in, being in a three-game series and having to win the second one and then having to win the third one to, to, to be successful is, 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 is the ultimate pressure, really. Yeah. Um, and then putting yourself in a position to, to um, get into the last day and maybe go for a Grand Slam or whatever, those are all type of yeah. pressure moments. and. We've tried to put ourselves in that type of position, whether it be an autumn series, used it as a quarterfinal, semi-final, final. So we put the pressure on ourselves internally, you know, and we've been pretty good at getting it over the line, but it doesn't always work. No, it doesn't always work. You can't guarantee it yeah. to work, you know. How many times have you watched that game back? I reckon four or five times, and we go back into camp now, and I'll probably show it. Uh, three or four times more, not as a whole, but in, in, in bit parts, you know, to make sure that we get the best out of it. Mm. Does it does uh, your first watch when you're at the game generally tally with what you see watching four or five times later? Uh, yeah, but you, you, you obviously analyse it and it's, it's all well and good, you know, in, in looking back at a video, but you, you have got to understand what the players are going through and the emotion that they're, that they're feeling at that moment in time as well. So I'm being a realist, it's easy to look back on it now um, clinically uh, a couple of months after and take all the emotion out of it yes. and being critical you know so you've got to got to understand what happens in real time and you know you you learn that as a coach by making sure that you understand uh, in training what real time looks like too as well because uh, if you're just the type of coach that watches a video and said oh I've seen this this and this well how's the player supposed to see it if you can't see it you know so yes. being a realist is, is important. 
It strikes me that one of the most difficult aspects of your job must be um, making decisions in real time during the 80 minutes. You know, we, we can all do it in, on a Monday or in yeah, a TV yeah, studio yeah, 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 yeah. afterwards. Um, you're doing this four years now. Are you, do you feel you're much better or same, maybe being a, a, an assistant coach was good enough grounding? Do you feel you're better in-game making decisions, seeing what's going on or, or no real change over the last four years? Well, if I'm not seeing change, then, then um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing the wrong thing, aren't I? So, you know, so it's always about self-improvement and growth, putting yourself in a situation the whole time. You know, I, I mean, I actually love coaching. Uh, I bet it would be annoying watching a, watching a game with me because I see every game that I watch as an opportunity to what would I do? Right. How would I grow? How would I, how would I do this? So you can imagine the fast forwarding, the pausing, etc., can be pretty frustrating okay. if you're watching the game with me, you know. But uh, getting out there and, and watching whatever, <coughs> whatever may happen, whether it be a, a kids' game at school or, or whatever, um, uh, I'm not. I don't tend to watch many things as a as a fan, you know. Okay, passively, yeah. Uh, you've been in dressing rooms for 32 years professionally. Uh, what would you have done if rugby hadn't been in your world? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I suppose you'd have to ask somebody else that, you know, probably my wife would give you a better answer, you know. Um, I don't know. Uh, whatever, it, whatever it would have been, would it have been the sporting world? I, I, I don't know, but um, hopefully I, I would have had the, the same passion as what I've got now because I, I don't class this as a job, really, yes. you know. And have you ever, like all that time and as a coach, have you ever looked at other professions, worlds, industries and thought, God, I wouldn't mind a crack at that or are you as enthused and, and happy where you are as ever? Um, I, I, look at, I look at all sides of, uh, all, all sides of um, business, sport, life uh, and, and see what I can love. I, I love going, talking to someone uh, who's under a bit of pressure themselves and right. who relishes that and how they deal with that you know that's that's intriguing to me because it can be a lonely place if you think you're on, on your own but if you if you look outside the box really there's there's a lot of people in in those type of positions you know so uh, in any walk of life talking to to, to people in, in in that regard is is intriguing to me mm. you know reading podcasts all, all that type of stuff is uh, is something where I feel uh, you can grow and add, you know. I mean, take for example, uh, all the coaches that I've had. I've been lucky enough to have some unbelievable coaches. But you take the the good, the bad, and the ugly from them all, and yes. try and make sure that you galvanise it in your way. Because ultimately, we go back to the, the 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 start of the conversation. It's about fitting it to be yourself, you know. And uh, I've been fortunate to 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 be around a, a lot of special people in, the, in that regard that you can that you can learn from any coaches from other sport offer a word of advice that struck you or anybody that you thought god i'm so glad i had a coffee with that person if you're happy to divulge maybe it's private no i, I mean I, I wouldn't throw people's names out there because a, a, a lot of it would have been in their confidence as well but, but any any type of conversation that i would have with anyone i mean we're, we're here now with the um, uh, six nations launch and just be able to speak to the other coaches, you know. Uh, you don't trust what Gatlin's telling you, do you? <laughs> no, because you understand the kidology that goes along with that. But, but understanding, you know, what's going on in their lives and, and how they they uh, uh, are dealing with all that, because you understand what's coming for them also. Yeah, yeah. So 
um, communication is the best form of, of, of making sure that you uh, that you, you understand what what direction you want to go in your life you know because it's it triggers triggers all sorts of different meanings doesn't it you generally I, I would say watching your media dealings over the last however many years very even-tempered in control of your message I thought one of the few times and understandably we saw you a little bit fed up was when you were asked about the the circus around owns tackle last oh, year and yeah. you said I, I find the whole thing a bit disgusting actually you clearly felt a little bit irked enough by that to to yeah. say this, this has gone too far. Yeah, because uh, it, it was the it was the perfect storm, wasn't it? Like you know, and and the build up and the carry on and you know, um, red card, not red card, and social media, everything that went with it. It's, it's not sport. It's not what we all signed up for. Like, you know, mm. it has to be it has to be fur along the way. Like you know, and uh, you know, uh, I, I just think sometimes. It takes a lot because I understand, you know, people's got a job to do and whatever. It takes a lot for me to, to, to get like that, but enough's enough at, at times as well. Hmm. I didn't understand, and I know you talking about Owen is not an area that you like going to, understandably. One thing I didn't understand is when a portion of England fans were booing him. Now, yeah. he would strike me as the kind of player Irish fans would love to hate and, you know, <laughs> Welsh fans would love to hate because he's, you know, Johnny Sexton, the, the best players often are. Yeah. I could not understand... English fans booing on Farrell. That must have left you open mouthed. Again, I think it was the the perfect storm, like you know, the, the build up of all the, the tackle, uh, uh, um, the suspension, suspended, not suspended, mm. um, playing, not playing, England starting well. Uh, you know, I, I I I get I get why you know the the, the could be uh, this type of build up, but. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you have to agree with it. Yes. Life in Ireland, you've been here how many years? Eight years. Eight years. Eight years, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's flown yeah. by. Yeah. Uh, I'm told you're sometimes seen on a GA sideline. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Clonagall, yeah. Um, your life here? Yeah, we love it. We, we, we love life here. Um, I have one daughter um, uh, back over in, in London, uh, living not too far away from Owen. That's where they was brought up, really. I mean, we're, we're all from Wigan, but the girls, we, we moved down south um, towards London uh, when they were six and three, so they was brought up there for uh, certainly all those school years, etc. And then we had Gabriel uh, a little bit later on in life, and uh, he started school in the UK, but he'd done one year. So, um, and now he's um, he's been in school in, in, in Dublin ever since, like, you know, so that's all he's ever known, really. Um, one daughter lives over here with us. She's working. Myself and my wife and and, and the, the 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 twelve year old are loving life. You know, um, I think it's a it's a great place to live. Certainly for for families. You know, and uh, the people are great as well. Because you you're in the public eye massively, and yet I think you keep a nicely low profile. Like you've never done the Late Late Show interview. I'm sure you've been uh, asked. No, you've got to. And, and this is how I always was as a player, like you know, um, I was a rugby player, um, and I'd hope I was a type of character on the field. Um, I wasn't one for for being that type of character off the field, really, because uh, I just classed myself as a rugby player. I wanted to just concentrate on that. I suppose there's a little bit of a, a knock-on effect from that, but I don't want to be. In, 
push down people's throats all the time either you know <laughs> people will get fed up with me that, that's the, the way inclined because i, I want to be known as a as a, a rugby player a rugby coach somebody who, who loves that i don't want to be or whatever yes here he is again yeah, yes. yeah. if you had gone to the late late show they would almost certainly have asked farrell we must own you some way uh back have, yes. you, have you looked into it yeah 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 um and I whisper it because because the, there's plenty of letters that keep coming our way as well. But um, third generation further further down the track. And Do you know what part of the country? Yeah, yeah for, for ourselves, uh, uh, County Longford. Right. Yeah. And uh, rugby stronghold. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of farrells there anyway. But um, no, from from where we grew up in the mining town of Wigan. There's a lot of Irish connection that's doing that yeah. that belt there from Liverpool up to Manchester, you know, stronghold. Well, you know, a, a final thought, funny you mentioned that. It's, it's, you know, there is something interesting in that Jack Charlton, obviously, Ireland coach, north of England, mining town. Yeah. And yourself, seems to be a bit of an affinity between northern England, Ireland. You sense that? You feel that? For, for somebody from the, the, the north of England, certainly the northwest, to move down to London, that's a big move. Right. That's a big move. It's something completely different, you know. But coming, coming up to Dublin from 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 London, uh, it certainly felt more comfortable to us, you know. Uh, family orientated, everyone looking out for one another, etc. Um, and yeah, I suppose the connections there within the history, isn't it? You know, of um, uh, ports of call going over to Liverpool, etc. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been a um, hell of a four years, your first four years in charge, um, more of the same over the next four, and I think we'd all be very happy. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.